rocked him with the right hand. Now they get together, and Liebold continues to rack up the majors here. Now Liebold with the right hand puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Liebold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. I played major junior and professional hockey. Throughout my teenage years on the outside, everything looked perfect. When you're hot, you're hot. Brady Leobold with his fourth goal of the game. And the Colorado Rockets have a whole lot of fun tonight. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody. I submerged myself into hockey that worked for a while until it didn't. Oxycontin led me to heroin. Heroin led me to fentanyl and everything else. Homeless on the streets of Hastings in Vancouver. Over three years of my life I've spent behind bars. But now I'm clean fighting to get my life back. Everything I do is for the memory of Matthew Wazinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters in the hockey community. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. I lost everything and almost my life. My name's Brady Leibold and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome, Hockey to Hell and Back, episode number 14, kind of fitting. Think about it. Think about it. It's episode 14. We got a big one for you guys today. I'm super pumped on this one. Uh, I've been waiting for this one. You're going to hear it in the intro. Uh, We're a little pressed for time. Uh, Junior's got to get going. We know who the main attraction is today. That's no problem. Uh, We're looking forward to it. Uh, But before we do, guys, you know this episode is proudly brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check it out. Teamissue.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. I'll flip my hat around quick. I got the team issued red hat on right now. I got them all, guys. Uh, check it out. This is WHL alumni, Jesse Paradise. That's his company, of course. Thank you, Jesse. Hello out, hello to you out in Manitoba. I love you, brother. Uh, you've been one of my biggest supporters from day one. Really, really appreciate it. Um, two, we're going to give away some targets today. Later in the show, shooting targets, hockey, lacrosse. Um, it's pretty exciting. We'll get to that later. Um Lots going on. I've never felt better about everything that's going on in my life. I swear to God, there's still a few things that need to be ironed out, of course. But puck supports never look so good. We just finished our first meeting with all the new people. Um, Unreal. I got to get the hair fixed. I feel like like a bean here sitting here. I don't like that look. All right. Guys, you know how this goes with the intro. See you guys back here in a couple of minutes. With a couple of beauties, that's for damn sure, guys. All right, here we go. Well, I'm already getting a smile on my face thinking about this one. I'm not sure you could find 
another father-son combo that may be the two biggest beauties of all time. And that's not just coming from me. It's also coming from one of my best friends, Mike Hangen. I guess I should give a little bit of the backstory. As many people may know, for a short period of time, I was part of the Hockey Podcast Network, which happens to be where Terry Ryan Jr. has his podcast, Tales with TR. Once I was on the network, Mike Hengen called me and said, have you seen Road Warriors that Spit and Chicklets did when Biz Nasty went out to Newfoundland to see Terry Ryan? And I responded, no, I haven't. Should I watch it? He said, man, watch it. Call me back. Click. So with absolutely no hesitation at all, I looked it up and the next two hours of my life that day were spent watching Road Warriors featuring Terry Ryan and of course, Terry Ryan Sr. who stole the show. It's been a privilege and it's been fun getting to know Terry Ryan Jr. over the last few months. We go back and forth with texts and he's been on the show before. But before I dive into his career, I want to talk about his dad, Terry Ryan Sr. because he was a hell of a hockey player himself. There's a part where Mrs. Ryan picks up a trophy in Road Warriors and shows the camera and shows Biz Nasty that, in fact, when Terry Ryan Sr. was in Pee Wee Hockey, he scored a jaw-dropping 97 goals and 8 assists in 14 games. They went on a joke about how much he passed the puck. He passes the puck about as much as he passes the mic. I don't expect things to be any different today. Both of the Ryans have become living legends out in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. Terry Ryan Sr. is a pro hockey player as well. He played for the Hamilton Red Wings in the OHA. In his last season, he recorded 47 goals and 45 assists for 92 points in 61 games. Following that season, he was selected by the Minnesota North Stars of the National Hockey League in the third round, 44th overall in the 1972 NHL Amateur Draft. He tells a story on Road Warriors about what happened, and I anticipate he might talk about it today, but he never did break into the NHL. Instead, he went to the Minnesota Fighting Saints of the World Hockey Association. He rounded out his career in 1975-76 with the Kalamazoo Wings in the old IHL, recording 14 goals and 33 assists for 47 points in only 41 games. Well, Senior must have done something right, because in 1977, Terry Ryan Jr. was born in St. John's, Newfoundland. And it was pretty clear right from day one, the kid was a hockey star. I mean, you can look at YouTube and see videos of him. He doesn't even have hair under his armpits yet, and he's going to play junior hockey. TR Jr. left at 14 years old to go to my home province of British Columbia to play for the Quinnell Millionaires at only 14 years old. And if you look at his numbers, they're astounding. Barely into his teens, he dominated the Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League. During his 14-year-old season playing junior, he recorded 26 goals, 41 assists for 67 points, along with a mass of 217 penalty minutes. The kid was a banger. Junior was eventually drafted third overall to the Tri-City Americans of the Western Hockey League. In his second season, he recorded 50 goals and 60 assists for 110 points and was drafted eighth overall by the Montreal Canadiens in the 1995 NHL entry draft. There's a ton on TR's career. We talked about it on the last episode he was on. He's written a book called Tales of a First Round Nothing, but he's also written a new book called Fights, Film, and Folklore, which I have both signed copies. Thanks, TR. Junior sunk his teeth into quite a few different endeavors, including acting alongside guys like Jason Momoa. He also made an appearance on one of my favorite shows, Letter Kenny, and stand-up comedy. 
He's one hell of a ball hockey player too. Maybe we'll talk about that. I'm not really sure what to expect in this interview other than I anticipate Senior is going to do the majority of the talking, which I'm perfectly okay with. Between the two of these guys, the stories are unbelievable. I can't wait to dive in. For anyone that's been lucky enough to be in the Ryan household, you've seen the shrine that's in their basement. It's literally a who's who of the sports world. It's pretty incredible. The album collection is phenomenal. Their knowledge for sports and music is absolutely unbelievable. On this show, we talk about a lot of hard things, but we also like to have fun. And I think that's what today is going to be all about. So it's my hope that when I bring these two on, they're both looking like me with no teeth because I know both of their teeth come out. So here we go, guys. Let's bring them in. No further ado, all the way from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, Terry Ryan Sr. and Terry Ryan Jr. Let's go. Penny Lane, there is a barbershop. Favorite. What's going on, guys? Thanks a lot for having us again, Brady. Hey, man. Well, and my father for the first time. Yeah, man. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. But hey, I know we just talked briefly. I know you gotta you gotta hop out, and that's cool because I seriously I just I wanted to keep you around. Just you know, I wanted to talk to you to keep the stories there. But we we know we don't really need you today. You're a welcome guest on my show anytime, man. Like anytime you could call me and be like, Hey, I want to come on for a minute. I'm like, Yep, you're you just call me and leave, let me know anytime. I want to say before you uh take over, thanks for the books, man. I got through one of them, the first one's unreal. Uh, I lent the second one to somebody else so they could read it and i got through the first one faster than i thought so now i gotta go get it back because i bet you he hasn't touched it because i don't think he's ever read a book but i was hoping that he would who knows maybe i'll give him a call but uh thanks for that maybe you want to talk a little bit about that that new book man and and what that entailed for you because um i mean i i know it could probably be uh hard to kind of dive into some of these stories i know it must have been tough in the first one um yeah well and listen and the reason you're going to find out in a few days okay i'm going to let you know reason i gotta go right now but um it's it's, it's a meeting or whatever but I, i'm gonna stay here for a, a five minutes or so senior's gonna do an interview with you and hopefully i get back in about a half hour and i can, I can close her down with you yeah. thanks for asking me about the book and thanks for reading um no, no rush on that brady i i really i'm proud of you you had a great podcast they were coming to you anyway it had no, nothing <laughs> to do with promoting um they were a gift um and it's it's going all right. I appreciate now. This is the second time you've had me on, and you're as much as anybody helping me promote it, which is great. Yeah, man. And I think it, you know what I've I've read some of the reviews. People are loving it, man. And I think that just goes to show, you know what I mean? You're not um it's nice to see actually because you know, obviously you're a hell of a hockey player, drafted, you know, eighth overall to the show. And think when things don't work out, I mean it could be kind of hard, but it looks like you're sort of finding that that groove now. You know what I mean? You're getting into the acting and the the different things, stand-up comedy, you're trying different things, and it's nice to see that you're out there trying because a lot of guys man that i'm talking to fuck they're struggling like crazy like they don't even know where to go where to turn to um to so, so to see you man you know you got your folklore degree it's pretty awesome regardless people can can chirp you i don't have a fucking degree so <laughs> you're one up on me man well I, I i never really thought i'd get to use it but i was in school you know to go back to the books so the first one, I was honestly in, in Memorial University here in Newfoundland. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was getting some days on a film set. So, and I wanted my degree more than anything. I, I just didn't realize. I went in to see the academic advisor and she said, you know, you, 
you're, you're a couple of credits away from a folklore and an English degree. So I, I could have picked kind of either to major in. And that's when it was about 2012, 2011. And that's when the, the conversation started about the book. I had all these um, journals written. And over the years, I would, it, it often, as an only child when I was younger, because moving away was kind of hard. I had no one to really bounce ideas off yeah. of. No, you know, some people, but anyway, it, it was easy to start. The process was easy to start. Then all these unique things started happening. I mean, playing in the Western League, I'm the only Newfoundlander to do that. Yeah. Getting drafted to Montreal. Um, yep. You know, having a father that played pro come into it, uh, moving across the country. So now all of a sudden, when I was living out there, I had all kinds of Newfoundlanders, you know, that's people move away. Yeah. Um, supporting me. And it just always seemed like this unique ride. So I'm glad I kept the, 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 the notes. Now, I was a bucket list thing. I couldn't believe I was getting the first book published in 2015. I think it happened. But, you know, this same thing. Once I had it out there and I realized how to market it and everything, I was like, you know, at first it was a bucket list thing. And then I realized, you know, going on this show, spitting chicklets, yeah. um, having my own podcast. A lot of people kind of, not kind of, a lot of people like the stories. Yeah, They weren't just buying it because I was a hockey player. Because at first that was my thing, you know, get the Montreal jersey on there, sell them at Montreal games. But... <laughs> It turned into just a story about a boy growing up, really. I mean, hockey was the common denominator, as it should be in my life. I mean, I did play pro. But the new one, honestly, I, I figured I had all these – and these COVID happened. A lot of my work stopped. And I said, I got all these stories. You know, I may as well see if I can put something together. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Brady, I had – I had it saved at the university, most of my books. So I only pitched two chapters of the company and they signed me. Then I couldn't get into Monday. I couldn't get into the university to get my writing. So I went and rewrote in two weeks. Oh. I rewrote a whole book other than two chapters. But wow. I, the fights is about the physical side of the game. I had some yeah. uh, issues. Yeah. So it's hits versus fighting. And, and that's a whole, I tried not to be too biased on that. I mean, I know I did some fighting. But I also know that it can't have line brawls every shift. There's a happy medium. I try to talk about that. Yeah. In my own experience with concussions, with hits, with fights. Yeah. That's that part. The folklore part is basically, you know, my life outside of that. I've had some great stories in the outside of the hockey world that hockey's always the vehicle. I wouldn't have met Jason Momoa or Ethan Hawk. I wouldn't be in the movies without it. Yeah. But it certainly was just something it was a talking point, really, at first, is all it was. Of course. It got me, it got the door open. Letter Kenny. Yeah. Uh, and then the last part, folklore, or sorry, fights, film, film. That was the film part. The folklore is anecdotes from both, and, and I knew people responded to that from my first book. Yeah, um, and it seems to be going well. I, and again, I got to take off, but I'm going to leave you with this: if anybody yeah. wants to order it, yeah, um, my order it through me directly is a lot better. It, 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 basically, if it sells in a store, I get a small, small, small percentage. Perfect, um, and that's the way it is. It's not a bad deal, but if it, if you buy it off me directly, yeah. at least I get a few bucks out of it. So um, my Instagram, Terry Ryan 2020, sorry, Terry Ryan 2020. Um, my Twitter is Terry Ryan 20 or uh, Facebook. But if you get me on any of those, I can personalize it. I can send it to you for uh, if you're in Canada. Yeah, just 35 bucks. I can send it on. And that's only really because of the shipping. But anyway. I, I don't want to be selfish and try to take this uh, platform for only to promote that book. No, my dad is about to have a great interview with you and I should be back at the end of it. All we right. both talk a lot. I got that out of the way. Um, but thank you for having me on. And Brady, I should be back here shortly to finish this. Here's right, my dad.
Hey, if you're not, no, don't rush back, man. Good luck with everything, man. We'll, you know, we'll talk, man. Always. I appreciate the opportunity, and you'll find out why I'm being ignorant in a couple of days. Hey, buddy. Uh, but- don't even fucking worry about it. I know how it goes. I love it. Get out there and fucking just kick some ass, man. Get out there, man. Go. Fuck I love it. it. I'm proud of you. Talk soon. Okay, buddy. Yeah, what the hell is going on, man? Talk to me. Well, I tell you, I got the, jeez, uh, I feel like Joe Thornton, except I look a lot older. Uh, I got the Santa Claus beard going every, uh, around November. I hate shaving anyway. So it's a good excuse. So I just let it go till maybe April and then I'll, I'll get it all taken off. But it's, um, it's something to do and uh, gives me a different like granddaughter loves it. That's so, right. Uh, so that's it. You know, it's, I don't do much. I'm retired now. Retired teacher, right, senior? Your teacher, right? I was a teacher yeah, for 30 years after after pro hockey. And I landed softly that way, but I had it was hard because I and now I guess if you don't get drafted and you play, we'll say three years, some kids play four junior, it's all paid for, but you can go to a university of your choice. But when I went through, uh, most people at least on, on the Red Wings, didn't go to university. And I don't come from a money background. I come from a small uh, town in central Newfoundland of about 10,000 people called Grand Falls. And my dad, I never lived in a, I ne- we never owned our own house. I grew up in an apartment. But uh, so when I left, in in junior then, if you went, to university, they picked up the whole shot. Everything was paid for. Yeah. But if you didn't, you couldn't wait until uh, my junior career is over and then I'll go. No, you couldn't do that. So I had to be a regular student doing a French degree and a history degree, a lot of labs. Uh, and first year, now it's up, I think, to 70 games junior. My first year it was 54. Yeah. Then my last, the last two went to 62 and 63. So but I had to be a regular student and practice 4.30 to 6 every day, go on the road, uh, bring my books, and try to get through. And yeah. I left here when I was 16 from Grand Falls. Never never been away playing hockey before, but had I was you, good. Hey, had you left Had you left uh, Newfoundland? Like, had you been other places? Uh, no, I had, never, I had never left Newfoundland. Uh, we won our team. In Grand Falls, won what they call the Provincials. They have them everywhere in Canada, I know. Yeah. But we were the best the best midget team back-to-back years. And the last the last game I played midget, we played in a, in a place called Gander, which is a big uh, uh, terminal. It's got an international uh, terminal about 60 miles from Grand Falls. And Bill Long, who was a coach and GM of the Ottawa 67s, flew down especially. I, he got word, I guess. There was three or four of us that were really good. And he tried to, he, two of my buddies ended up going play for the 67s with Dennis Potman. But I wanted to go to a place that I was going to play right away. And it had to have a university or I wasn't going to go because yeah. I was an academic young fella. And I knew that they were going to pay for everything. So I was, there was not going to be any problem. So St. Catherine's called Brock University small. I, I didn't really want it. Marley's. I was. I was being recruited by all of them, really. Yeah. 
but the, senior, your numbers in junior, like you're like even right from the get go. I mean, talk about like you were lights out, like you were the best player, like you, you were the best player in your area. So for you to come from Newfoundland to Ontario, how many other guys had done that prior to oh, you? ever from Newfoundland? Maybe three. Yeah. Maybe so three. One guy had gone and played uh, about seven or eight years in front of me, played for the Red Wings uh, for maybe half a year, uh, uh, Bob Dean. And they won a Royal Cup. I think it was Peter Mahavishnam. And uh, uh, Brian Gibbons had played for the Red Wings uh, and gone, played with Detroit in the minors. Yeah. And it was basically no one to learn by. So, now the hard thing was when I left, I I didn't know. Of course, you had your doubters in town. Even ah, when you get up there, you know they'll show you. Okay, fine. Yeah. So I had I went to training camp in Hamilton. I didn't know a soul, and it was a little bit hard that way. But I had great determination, and I remember going in training camp, and our coach was Eddie Bush, an old grizzled veteran from the six team <laughs> league. Detroit Red Wings, ah, was he a great guy? And uh, in training camp, I remember sitting down, and of course, when they found out you're from Newfoundland, it was, uh, yeah, I'm going back 50 years. Yeah. Uh, they were new fees, dumb new fees. Not so much now because the internet has opened up everything. But I remember sitting down from across from a guy from Hamilton who was under B team. And he said, where are you from? I said, uh, Grand Falls, Newfoundland. Oh, I said, Newfoundland. Because I know that people in Ontario is Newfoundland or Newfoundland. That, that's all right. It, that's a different dialect. And uh, he started laughing at me. And I, I remember his name to this day, Ray Myers, who went on to play for Ohio State. And, you know, I didn't know how to take it. Anyway, I went through uh, it. Mr. Bush or Bushy gave me a total chance and i remember the day i made it we played st catherine's blackhawks in an exhibition game in st kitts marcel diam was there al mcdonough uh bob mcmillan a lot of guys went on and played in the nhl uh and i took the puck and went through the whole team and scored and i know then that was it anyway the cuts were coming down and i didn't want to go play b hockey i didn't anyway i made it so Luckily, they put me together with two other kids my age. I had just turned September 10th. I turned 17 during training camp. And they put me with Larry Gould, who was 17, who came from a little place called Beaton, Ontario. And John, his brother, had played for the Buffalo Sabres. And my right winger was a guy by the name of Ron LeBlanc. Ronnie was from Moncton. And he was, uh, he was French, but he uh, spoke English very well, bilingual. And we were called the Kid Line. So we hit it off. Yeah. And we had a really good a rookie year. You had Shut Gardner and Harris with the Marlies. And I mean, they ended up going one, four, and seven overall in two years later in the draft year. Yeah. But we had, I found it hard at first. I was a scorer primarily, but uh, Christmas, I had three goals. And that was half the season gone. And Buck Bushy was, wouldn't let up on me because I guess he saw something. Because I could always skate, and I could keep up with the best of them. Yeah. But my touch hadn't – the goalies were so much better, and the competition was so much better. And so 
they didn't give up. I remember coming home. We only had two days off. They flew us home for Christmas. And then I, I came back and it was about the last 26 or 27 games. Half the year was over. And I matched pretty well Gilles Perrault and Dion in scoring. I scored 20, 20 goals in my, my last 26 games. Wow. And that's when 20 goals in the OHA, uh, there's only 10 teams then. Now yeah. there's 20 odd, but there was 10 teams and the pressure was on. And 20 goals was for a rookie was a lot. And I ended up with 23, 51 points in 54 games. And I was on my way. I got rookie of the year. Yep. And I had to go back for my second year. Now, my second year today, you'd be drafted. But when I came through, you had to be 20 years old. Okay. The Ken Linsman rule hadn't come in. So you had to play. You're, you had to be turning 20 that year. And now I had a late birthday. So and now, I guess, I would have gotten the extra year junior because my birthday fell in September. That's right. But anyway, I did. And I played my second year and had 22 goals and 39 assists for 61 points in 62 games. Yeah. So it was a soft year. Now, we had good players. We had Ricky Kehoe. Went on to win, I think, two cups with Pittsburgh. Tommy Williams, 10 years with the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Bob Neely, 10 overall to the Toronto Maple Leaf. Jim Schoenfeld, fourth overall to the Buffalo. But we, uh, our coach got fired halfway through the year. We weren't living up to expectations. And they, they brought in the best coach by far I've ever had. His name was Billy Harris, uh, three or four cups. The last time they won the, the Stanley Cup in 67, Billy was there. And uh, I think he won at least three, maybe four. And uh, the best coach by far, he took over in January. I, I never forget, he came in and wrote January 4th. And he said, I'm your coach. So we 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 overdid all expectations. We ended up playing. We ended up finishing seventh. The Ottawa 67s ended up playing, ended up finishing third. And they had six number one picks. They had. They had Wayne Merrick, eighth overall to the Islanders, four cups. Bunny LaRock, fifth or sixth overall, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, uh, Denny Potvin, number one overall, four cups yeah. for the Islanders. They were. Let me ask yeah. you about that for a second. Let me tell me tell me a little bit about Dennis Potvin. I'm yeah. trying to get my. I'm trying to get him out. They stick sometimes. Oh, you got the stuff, eh? Yeah, I got. I wait one minute. <laughs> uh, come. I can snap. Yeah, my first, my two front two teeth there are gone. Cross checked by Potvin in front of the net, and uh, Potvin took no prisoners. One, one of the things about Potvin, unbelievable shot. His last year, I I got drafted. He was still a year behind me. He came in for the sixty sevens when he, I think, when he's fifteen. It was his fourth year, I think, in the league. He would have been number one that year. He played that year in a rocking chair. He was so good. But the one thing about Potvin, he's uh, in my top four in, that I played against in junior, Robinson, Marcel Dion, Gilbert yeah. Perrault was the best hockey player I ever played against. <laughs> Gilbert and, Perrault? Gilbert Perrault. Gilbert Perrault, my yeah. rookie year, he was uh, captain of Montreal Junior Canadiens. We go into uh, Montreal for him, sold out, 17,000, sold out. And that year, they had seven number one picks. Perot, number one. Uh, Martin, number four. La Jeunesse, number eight. Gevinemont, number four. Paul and Bordelot, two years later, number four or five. 
Yeah. Uh, they were stacked. They beat us 9 1. We were, my first year, we didn't make the playoffs. But that year we played Ottawa, they were supposed to beat us four straight. But Billy Harris was such a good coach. We took them seven games. We lost 6 3 in the seventh game in Ottawa. And the one thing I remember about Potvin, and two of my buddies I played, grew up my hometown, were playing with them. And I remember Potvin never liked me a whole lot because Ottawa had a big, like Olympic-sized rink, the Civic yeah. Center. Yeah. And I could really buzz. And I'd go down, and Potvin played the left point, generally speaking. <laughs> and I did it more than once. I buzzed around him. I did. And he wow he'd give the two-hander and i went in and scored a number of times because yeah. we played in my career a lot of times yeah but during the game i remember he the play had stopped the whistle blew i let up and potvin came across the whistle was blown and gave me an elbow and knocked me he gave me a concussion but i wasn't one to let in i was out You've had a concussion before. It's never Neverland. It's hard to describe yeah. to anyone. It's like you're just on on a cloud. Yeah. So I wouldn't get in. I went in, played, never missed a chip. I went out again. I got the puck and I cut in on the train tracks. And he came across. This time it was a clean hit. And he hit me. And it was 10, 12 feet from the boards. He put me right into the boards. I was gone then. I, I was a concussion. I know on it today I would have missed a year. Yeah. But I got up like nothing happened. And, <laughs> and it was funny. It was so funny then. But <laughs> I skated to the Ottawa 67s bench for my blind change. Two of my buddies uh, were on the bench. They said, Terry, you're on the other side. I remember that. So I skated up to my bench. And I remember sitting down. The trainer came down. And he said, "New, how are you? I, I know. Okay. I was just buzzing. I was gone. <laughs> they win. I went in the dressing room in Ottawa. You could skate right off the ice, right to the dressing room. And I remember Ricky Kehoe was on one side of me and Tommy Williams was on the other. You know, we're sat down, taking our equipment off. And I passed out right on the floor, just passed out. Rushed into Ottawa General that night. Woke, uh, awakened, of course, every, I don't know, 20 minutes because of concussion. Yep. That was on a Sunday. We were playing again in Hamilton on the Tuesday. So I didn't go back with the team, but fans from Ottawa went into Hamilton on the Monday. So I, I slept in the back seat of a car. They gave me a lift in. And I never missed a shift in, on Tuesday. I'm lucky <laughs> I didn't get hit. But Holy that was my story. Yeah. But Potman, getting back to the story, what made him so good. Physical, of course, shot. Knowledge of the ice, the way he moved the biscuit, everything. But he was ruthless. Yeah. Keep what people don't know. Dennis Potvin would break your leg and skate away from. But that made Potvin what was Potvin. I'm not saying it was just what what made him. He was ruthless. And at least the games we played, he he he'd take you out and wouldn't ask questions. And like I say, you could be on the ice and a trainer coming out. No big deal. It's hockey. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And of course, that's it. No holds barred. And uh, you'd respect him all the more for it. And the next year, he went number one overall. 
But getting back to that original story, because I tend to ramble, but they're all interesting. It's all so I, I, I went in, I left Newfoundland down here. At the time, we had grade 11. Now, our grade 11, we were on a British system because Newfoundland was a, co a colony of Britain. 1949, we came in. Yeah. And, and so we were still on a British system. So our grade 11 was comparable to Ontario and rest of Canada had grade 12. So they said, well, you're, it's comparable. The great, your grade 11 is you go, you go to Toronto and that's good as their grade 12. So when I get to Hamilton, I make the team. They take me down to the uh, board of education. Of course we get, you know, when you're with the Hamilton revenues, you get sort of privileges. You get right in, see the head guy yeah. looks at my marks. I was a 90 average student. No problem. Not going to have any problem at all. And back then also, they had grade 13 in Ontario. Then it was grade 13 plus three years McMaster for your degree. Now, of course, it's grade 12 with four. Why? Because grade 13 was too fucking hard. <laughs> they were losing kids. They were flunking. They weren't getting enough in the schools. So they had to do something. Meanwhile, I'm stuck into it. Now, I'm grade 11. I skip over grade 12. I go to Hamilton Collegiate Institute, HCI in Hamilton. It's called the best grade 13 in the city. And it's 2,500, nothing but grade 13. And I, I, I must say, A in history, A in French, no problem. C in English, so-so. I'm getting 30% in math. I, I, it's like nothing. I'm doing calculus. Yeah. I don't, it's like I'm on Mars. I don't, this <laughs> is like, forget it. I'm going to fail my year. At the, and then... If you just failed one course in grade 13, not like it is now, if you go into university and you take five courses, you fail one, no sweat. You go to do your second year and you pick up that somewhere along the way. Yeah. Then if you don't pass math, you don't go to math. And I'm trying to get in my regular student, my regular, I'm going all day. And, but I know my dad got no money. I, this is, I've got to do it. So I, I get a break. We don't make the playoffs. And I, but by then everything is, is, is evaluated by your, your Christmas. I needed on yeah. my final exam. I needed 85 to get a 50. I had a 29 average. I'll never forget. I was ready to quit. I, I was really heartbroken. And you talk about people that change your life, life. Yeah. I had uh, a Jewish professor my, uh, in math, and I went in, and I remember his name, Dr. Silverstein, and he was such a nice guy. And I went in, and I said, Dr. Silverstein, I'm quitting. And he was taken aback. He said, Terry, you can't quit now. It's April. You can't. I said, sir, I, I don't. And I didn't skip any class. He said, Terry, I know you don't skip any classes. You're here all the time. I said, sir, I've never encountered anything like this in Newfoundland. I we had geometry and trigonometry. This was calculus. Anyway, he did something for me that changed my life because I could, you know, I was uh, I was really frustrated, but getting A's and uh, you know pretty well. And he said, "I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you." He said, "I know you need a really high mark, but because of the evaluation, the weight to get a 50." Yeah. He said, "I'm telling you, if you can get 50." I'm going to give you 50. Now, he said, if you tell anyone, I'm going to lose my job. I said, sir. Then was April. Yeah. Grade 13 went till June. 
The team hired me a tutor twice a week, two hours a night. For some reason, I had a mental breakthrough. And I got a breakthrough. And I remember going in, I only had to write, if you had an 80% or higher, you didn't have ratings and your, your exam. Only one I had to write was math. Yeah. So I took the paper. I remember when I got it, I went through it immediately and said, wow, I'm going to pass this. I know enough. By then, my it, the breakthrough had come in. And I remember I got, I was home in Grand Falls and my marks came in the mail. And I took them like this and I squeezed them and it said French, 85. Hmm. Good. Uh, history, 80. English, I'd really up the English for 80. 82. Yeah. Last one was math. And I squeezed it and squeezed it. And I saw a crooked number 56. <laughs> okay. And I ran up and down my street because I knew I was going to be McMaster. And my second year, I went through and it was, which was first year Mac. Uh, I breezed through, be average. And then my third year, I breezed through again. It was getting the Mac. But I, I still, and and my last year I exploded on the scene. Uh, I from the get go. Now we were a ninth place team at a ten, and we had some good players in a team. Like I say, Mike Visor went on to play ten or fifteen years. Hartford, yeah. Winnipeg, and but I that year, shot who was with the number one ranked team in Canada, Toronto Marlboros. They should have won it all, really, the Memorial Cup, but they didn't. He had sixty. I was with the ninth place team. Uh, I had 47. And I was right up there. And our, I'll never forget things that happened, uh, you know, for whatever reason. The Marlboros were playing Peterborough Peets. And I went in. My last year was Harry Neal. Went on to coach years in the NHL. Coach and GM of Vancouver, Detroit. Harry's my coach my last year. So, Harry... We made a trade, Visor, Roger Nielsen's coaching Peterborough. Visor and Neely, we traded the Peterborough. They were going for the Royal Cup. And so we didn't make the playoffs my last year. My three years, only made the playoffs once. But we going, we're going in, Peterborough playing the Marlies in Maple Leaf Gardens. Sold out, Maple Leaf Gardens, I guess, 16-4, 16-5. Yeah. We got best seats in the house because Visor is a good buddy of mine. He's He still is. He calls me. He's a... Uh, running a rink in, in New Orleans now. Anyway. Really? So, so, yes. So, he gets us tickets right right in front of us is Sammy Pollock. I'll never forget that. All the head scouts. It's the final for the OHA. And the Marlies are loaded. Shot Gardner Harris, Bob Daly, play for Philly, like first-round pick Wayne Dillon, first-round pick Rangers, Glenn uh, Golup, uh second-round pick the Kings. They are loaded, but they had no guts. They tried to make a deal for me my last year. But if you were in university, if you weren't going to university, you were gone. But if you're in university, they had to ask your permission. And this is one of the best best decisions I ever made. I was a fairly mature kid. So Nick Durbano, who owned us then, Steve Durbano, went on to play in the NHL, number one pick overall, St. Louis. Nick owned us. He bought out Ken Sobel. And I, I gave everything for Hamilton. Nick really liked me, and he knew it. And he came in, and he said, no. Got a call in his office. He said, the Marlies just called me. 
I flew in the gardens because I could really skate. And they needed someone, and no one could intimidate me. Uh, I wasn't necessarily the toughest guy. I didn't back down, but I was the first in the corner. If it was Robinson, I was the first in on the puck. I'd take the hit. I didn't care. And if I had to fight, I would. But it wasn't part of my game. But I couldn't be intimidated. And and that's why the Marley's lost. The Peterborough Peets, Bob Neely and Bob Ganey ran him through the glass and intimidated him. But they were offering two 17-year-olds who were up-and-comers. And he said, Noof, I know I need your permission. And it was around March. It was around 20 games after the season, March. I mean, I'm going to use the year, my year McMaster. And I said, he said, the thing is, Noof, you're going to go higher in the draft because the Marlies are going to go deep. And the deeper you go, the scouts are going to see you more and more. And I thought, he said, go, go home, think about it. I went home, thought about it. And it was my second year, Mac. One more year to have a degree, and I and I next day I said, Nick, I don't want to do it. He said, No, if I don't blame you. And he said, I appreciate it. And we went in into I don't know if this affected my draft, but things happened. And I remember Harry took me over just before the game started. George Armstrong and Johnny Bauer came over, and Harry went over because Harry knew him. Uh, Harry used to play for St. Mike's and Kiam's his best buddy and whatever. And he introduced me. And Johnny Bauer, now I'm going to say something. Now, this is the truth. He said, Terry, I said, yes, Mr. Bauer. He said, I spent more fucking time. And Johnny Bauer wouldn't say shit if he had a mouthful. He said, I spent more fucking time in that hole you played in with the Hamilton Forum. Was a, it was an NHL arena in the 20s for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The 20s. It was a dump. Anyway. He said, I spent more time watching you in that dump this year than any other player. And you're going to be my number one pick. Kento, they were picking number 10. Armstrong was there, but Bauer was a scout. I didn't know it. He sprung it on me. I had no idea. But he said, it's got to go how it works. It goes through the other scouts to the head scout, which is Bob Davidson. Yep. And I went in thinking fully well, I was going to go number 10. My stats, I flew in the gardens. I don't know what happened. They ended up picking George Ferguson from the Austria General, ended up being a pretty good pick, played about 10 years. and But he was tougher. This is when the, the liars were starting to come on stream. Ferguson was 6'6", yeah. 195. Certainly wasn't a better player than I was. Absolutely not. Not in junior. He had maybe 35 goals, 75 points, but he was big and strong and he was tough. This... This is where it was going to start to factor in the game. And my draft year, I really thought I was going to be first round. And now first round's only 16, 16 teams, so it's top 16. And when Minnesota called me and said, we just took you, Ren Blair was a coach and GM. We just took you 44th. I nearly had a heart attack, number one, that I went that far down. I couldn't understand it. I still don't. I still don't understand it. And it, things just started to go south because I'd been talking to the Minnesota Fighting Saints. They had come up and Harry was going to be coach. They had made me an offer. Back then, it was this was basically it. First round pick 10, second 75, third five, 
fourth, 2,500, fifth, fuck off, just come to camp. Nothing. You get nothing. That's basically it. Now, Lafleur had signed the year before. If you were Lafleur, Dion, for about 60, he went number one overall. But if you started to get down, you read Robinson's book. He went 16th, signed for eight. Daryl Sittler went eighth, signed for eight. That was standard. Yeah. Now, Blair, called, Blair says, we're going to fly you to Toronto tomorrow. Don't bring your lawyer because I'm a fair guy. We're going to give you five grand to sign. Meanwhile, I had offers. I had Davey Keon's lawyer in Toronto, 36th yeah. floor to Toronto Dominion Center. I'll never forget. I go in. Jim Stevens was his name. And Fighting Saints offered 15 to sign. 15 to play your first year. This is when the average salary in the NHL was probably 12. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Hole's making 35. Take it from there. 15 to sign. 15 and 15. Two-year contract, 30,000. New car every year, Dodge Charger. Lawyer's fees paid for. And we're going to pay for your last year of McMaster. The only way I could get it. Not during the winter. I had to go back and do two summer schools and one night course. I had to go up in May. Give me three and two the next summer. They give me five. They give me my last year. Give me my BA. So they that was written in, all written in. And uh, people are going to laugh now. Stevens had a, had an end sixty five dollars a week pocket money. People are laugh. That was big money at the time. Nineteen seventy two, sixty five bucks a week in your pocket. So now I got a had decision to make. But I just got married to the girl, the woman that I married to now, 48 years later. Gail, a wonderful woman, put up with me for 48 years, taken from there. And, and so I said to Blair, he calls me back. I said, Mr. Blair. And on top of that, the kickoff was Stephen said, Terry, your money is in escrow, which means if that league you're going to folds after one game, your $30,000 is yours. It's in escrow. So now, what are, what are you going to think of? I'm flying you to Toronto tomorrow. Don't bring your lawyer. I'm going to give you five grand. Or new charger, play till my uh, BA uh, degree. Yeah. Uh, money's in escrow. Liar's fees paid for. And 15000 assigned. Well, I jumped. Of course. I jumped, needless to say. And I don't have a problem. With, except, you know, the way hockey is, Brady. Yeah, I'm all through the cracks, whatever. Yeah. My second year. Now, you cut in if I'm boring you, but I can give you my history no, here. It's a bit, no, no, it's no, a bit no. interesting because I'm going to bring in some names here. I'm yeah, loving it. I'm, I'm 68. I'm 50, 50 years later. I got no reason to lie. So I, I get to Minnesota. Harry Neal. Now, when I get there, Harry is not coach. Glenn Sonmore is coach. Coach. University of Minnesota. Now, if you know anything about Minnesota, and God love them, I love playing there in St. Paul in the Civic Center where the Wild are now in a new building, but I think they're in St. Paul. You, They take care. NHL teams have constituencies. If you go to Boston, I'll guarantee you there's going to be Boston College, Boston University grads on that team because yeah. that's your constituency. The odd Canadian, I think they had five. You go to Minnesota. You're going to have a slew of Americans on the team. That's their constituency. Well, I get to Minnesota. Half the U.S. Olympic team is on the team. Quote, half the U.S. Olympic team, they're all NHLers. They're on the team. Okay. Now, I, I get there. 
They get Teddy Hansen, who just came over 13 years in the NHL, St. Louis. Teddy, skate hard, get you 20 goals. Jimmy Johnson, three years in a row, Philadelphia Flyers, 20, 25, 25. Bob McMillan, who jumped with me, played for the St. Catharines Blackhawks, same lawyer, number one pick, Rangers. He jumps with me. Mm-hmm. I get 15, 15, 15. Bobby Mack signs for 20, 20, 20. All right. And all the rest the same. New, new charger, whatever. Now, I'm in tough. They've got a lot of centermen. So, whereas I thought I was going to play right off the hip hop, I'm not. I'm killing penalties. And even, even then, I'm getting maybe three, four shifts a game. I'm pretty pissed. I'm pissed. Yeah. I said, I went to Harry and said, fuck, Harry. Like, this is not what I was told. He said, Terry, it's okay. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Okay. I scored my first goal against the Nordique. Shorthander. 20th game of the season. None of my bonuses I'm going to get. And back then, by the way, a good bonus, and this is fact, a good bonus, 20 goals, 1000 bucks. Oh, yeah, 1000 bucks. So 25000 bucks. I'm not going to get any. So as it happens... Hopper Christensen, who's the captain, captain of the U.S. Olympic team, Minnesota boy, and he's a great guy. Hopper's a great guy. He comes down with uh, appendicitis. So I get a chance to go in. I remember we're in the the, the, uh, shadow of Frontenac in Quebec City, and Glenn Sommer calls me up to his room. He says, Terry, you're going to get your chance. I said, okay. I go out that night. I scored two goals, bang, bang, 17 seconds against the Nordique. Now they've got J.C. Trombley and they've got Mark Taldif. They've got a good team because they're almost all in each other's. I scored two in 17 seconds. Not bad. So I end up playing 15 games regularly. I go seven and six, 13 points. Puffer comes back on the bench again. But what they did do, Sean Moore gets fired. They move him up to GM. Harry does take over. And to his credit, he says, Terry, I know what you're going through, whatever. He said, but you're going to kill penalties. I don't give one fuck. <laughs> he said, you're killing every penalty for me. I said, and he took my contract. They ripped it up, rewrote a new contract, and put it in there for shorthanded goals. Because I was going to kill <coughs> penalties mostly, get the odd chip. Okay. We go on a West Coast swing. We go to L.A., Edmonton. And back then, the WHA set a precedent. We go into L.A. for two games. We go into L.A. for maybe four or five days. <laughs> it was great in L.A., except yeah. we played in the L.A. Sports Arena, which is where the Clippers play. We didn't ever play in the Forum because that's where the Kings played. But it's Major League Arena, everything. And stayed at the Ambassador Hotel where Bobby Kennedy was shot. But it was a big-time, big-time hotel then. Anyway, so we played the Sharks. Two games, we we probably fly in maybe a Friday or Saturday, maybe say Thursday or Friday. We play the Sharks Saturday and Monday. So, you know, you're renting the car, Hollywood Hills, the whole shot. Boom, boom, two shorthanders, two game winners. All right, we come back. We play. I kill the penalties. We ended up playing Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs. We lost to them with Hull and Christian Bordelot. How good was Paul back then, really? Paul was... He was my, I can't say I never played against Gretzky, but I played against like Sittler. And when they didn't miss a, they went, they left junior for London Knights and they he scored 30 in the NHL. He was like 
Sittner, McLeish, Robinson, Dion. Oh my God. I mean, I, Middleton, O'Reilly, Bob the Hound, Kelly, Donnie Lever, uh, Bonnie Gaynor. Don Lever, that's my dad's favorite player. Donnie Lever, Donnie Lever played. He, they, he was playing for the Niagara Falls Flyers. They were the worst team in the OHA. I knew Lever pretty well. I'd skate around. I think he's from so, uh, South Porcupine, Northern Ontario, or Timmins, either one. Anyway, he went number four, I think, number three or number four. He should have gone number one. He was the number one pick in that draft. He should have been. Ended up scoring about 450 in the NHL. Anyway, Lieber was. So, <clears throat> Perot, i never seen. I was a kid from Newfoundland. Our first time in the forum. I don't know what's going on. Biggest crowd I ever played against. My own hometown arena, 2,000 people. Well, we're in the forum. It's sold out. In warm-ups, there's 14,000 people. I don't know who Joe Perot is. I don't know any of them. And no helmets then. Uh, I see this guy's number 11. Anyway, I'm a centerman. I got to go up. I, I'm center again, so I got to take draws. And he takes the puck behind the net. And I just look and I can't believe what I'm seeing. This guy is so good. I'm, wow. I don't know who he is. It's my first time. Mm-hmm. I go in the corner. I fall down or something. I take the puck on. I come out. I go on the bench. Eddie Gilbert, who ended up playing two or three years for the Kansas City Scouts. My draft year, I went 44. Vives went number 45. Gilbert went number 46. Anyway, Eddie says to me, because he's from Hamilton. He knew who Pearl was. He said, Newf. Whispers to me, of course. Do you know who you just took the puck on? I looked at him. I said, no. <laughs> Eddie loses it on the bench. You don't know who Joe Perot is. <laughs> I said, no. I don't, Eddie. He said he's fucking the best player in hockey. Now, he played the junior Canadians like nine times that year, 54 game schedule. Uh, and then the second time and the third time, I, I know who Joe Pro is. But my first time, we played the Winnipeg Jets in the Winnipeg Arena. Sold out. They'd see old Winnipeg Arena, maybe 12,000, 13,000. Hull. Hull was the second best I. But Perot was so good. He was like a ballerina on skates. And even Bobby Hull, in his uh, in his book, I saw him, and I even saw him interview with, with when he was with Team Canada. Wasn't supposed to make it. They said, Bobby, who's the best player you ever played with or against? And he didn't hesitate. Joe Perot. They put Perot with, with with Hull. Hull was the strongest skater. He. And they crucified him. We had some guys in our team that were tough. John Arbor from St. Louis, St. Louis Blues. Dick Paradise, boy, they were pretty tough. They were two-hand hull. I never saw him come back, but he was so strong and power. And the shot, is it, it was the hardest shot I ever run, saw. Eh? Really? Had, they were wooden sticks then. I'm telling you, Brady, the game finishes. We lose probably. We had a decent team, though. We made the playoff. I went over. Bobby McMillan went on to play. 12, 14 years in the NHL, lady, lady Bing Award winner. Yes. I said, Mac, I'm going over to get a stick. He said, no, you're not. I said, I am. You don't know me. I walk across the ice. He said, if you're going, I'm going. I walk across the ice. I knock on the 
dressing room door. Trainer comes to the door. I said, excuse me, sir. I'll love matter to kid. I said, can I get one of Bobby Hall's sticks? And he said, who are you? I said, well, we just played against you. I'm with the Minnesota training saying, <laughs> and he says, Bob, Hall comes to the door with the towel around them, just like you imagine, <laughs> like the body of Hercules. And I remember him saying, we explained. I said, Bob, you don't know who I am, but I just, can I get one of your sticks? And I remember he went like this and the trainer says, yes, Bob. He said, yeah, get me a couple yeah, of sticks. Sure, yeah. Bob, just like that. <laughs> find it. He said, what's your name, kid? I said, there you go. I got him out. I got him out. There you go. Yeah, thanks, Denny. Now, Hall says, what's your name? He says, I says, Terry. Signs it to Terry. Best wishes, Bobby Hall. I got it down. It's everyone that comes in the house, even NHLers, when the old timers come through. L.I. Brady, Dale Howard Chuck. God bless him. The nicest guy. Yeah. Came, come down my in, come in, have a few beers. Ken Reed from Sports Network. I got it on the wall. <clears throat> they had never seen Hall Stick because they can't believe it. It's like this. The yeah, it's a banana. No, one, no one can believe it. it's a talking point. <clears throat> I brought it back on the plane. I said, if I send this through luggage, it's not going to make St. Paul, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's going to be ripped off. So I carried it aboard the plane. Boys made fun of me. I put it where you put your suit, uh, suits and that. The stewardess took it. I got it. My wife was meeting us at the airport, drove back to my apartment. I brought it home at the end of the year, and I have it on the wall now. Anyway, I'm getting poor again. Oh, man. would have been number two, and probably Potvin, Dion, and Robinson. Robinson became developed. He only played one year junior. Back then, you had to play two, most three years junior. Robinson played for the Smiths Falls Bruins one year and went 16th overall, Montreal scouting, but he was still good. He played with Kitchener with Bill Barber and Jerry Byers went number one pick. But the, the fact was <coughs> that it, it was, he was so strong. Uh, it was like, and the shot, the only Terry would ask me about it. A lot of people. I said, the only thing I could compare it to, because you around the league, you had other guys like Sanderson was in the league. You had a lot of NHLers, man, that were that could shoot. Wayne Carlton had a really hard shot for Ottawa. When he missed, if he missed the net and he hit the plexiglass, the only thing I could compare it to, it was like someone took a hammer and hit the plexiglass as hard as they could because it went the sound it went resonated all over there it was bing all yeah. over the rink it was unreal and like no helmets man <laughs> if you got hit and back then i didn't block shots i could tip it when i'm killing i'd pinch and i tip i had it down i'm not blocking i just didn't do it and he would have been number two and of course he went on and he was still good. Like Hull jumped. He was maybe about 31. He signed a 10-year contract. He still – he scored 601 in the NHL. He would have scored 800. He was yeah. scoring 50. But he was making 35000 in Chicago, I'm telling you. The yeah. Jets said, we'll give you a 10-year million dollars, 100000 a year. The next year, 
I know it because I've spoken to guys that went the next year after me. When the league knew, and by the way, that year I ended up leading the league in shorthanded goals, six. Nice. Four game winners, 13 goals on hardly any ice time. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going all over the place, but it's okay. No, it's no, rambling, it's but great. it's interesting. They, the, the second year, I, I'm going to end. The other thing I, I didn't tell you, I'm on one cut, no way, one way, no cut. Okay. No trade. I'm on a one-way, no cut, no trade. Yeah. So you can't send me down. I'm getting my, my coin. <clears throat> the next year, now I haven't been given a chance. I'm really pissed. They go out and sign Mike Shaky Walton, another sentiment, from Boston Bruins, just won the cup. Mike won't sign unless Robbie, his brother, signs. He's playing in Portland, the old Western Hockey League, Western Pro. And he can't lace up my fucking skates, and I don't mind saying it. But he's got to be on the team. I get called up to the Cap Towers in St. Paul. I'll never forget this. Maybe it ended up fucking me, but I didn't care. I didn't get one goddamn. I was that. And even to this day, I'm bitter. Somewhere sat there. I didn't know why I was being called up. He said, Terry, we want to send you down. Now, their farm club was in St. Petersburg. Great when I got there. I ended up going. Anyway, long story. Lived five minutes from the beach. Loved it. Best year I ever had in hockey. That's why I would love to play in California or in Tampa Bay. I love that scenario. Yeah. And I looked at him. I said, Glenn, I got 13 goals. I scored as much. And Bobby Mack, God love him. Bobby never missed the shift. End of the year, Bobby scored 13. I said, you didn't give me a fucking chance to play. And I said, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Well, he said, Terry, you know, we got Mike and they're coming in and we want to make room and all this. And I looked at him. So help me this day. And I said, Glenn, you can go fuck yourself. I said, I'm not going anywhere because I said, I'll stick here and collect my dough. He said, you can. And I did. I stayed a month. I was being paid. I wasn't being paid by the Minnesota Fighting Saints. I was being paid by the First National Bank of St. Paul. My money was in escrow. But I knew then my career's over. Yeah. Larry Kish is coaching a team in St. Petersburg. They're doing speed supply by Chicago, Minnesota, and New England, who came Hartford. He's flying up. He said, Terry, you're on the beach. We're going to get you a place to set the other thing. And it's now starting to appeal to me. Larry ended up coaching the, Hart the, Hart the Hartford Whalers years later. Anyway, I go down there, and, and man, I'm on big league coin. I get instead of a charger, they got me a uh, javelin. Nice car, air conditioned sports car, but they had to supply the car. Yeah, I'm getting my per diem sent down from Minnesota. So the boys where I'm going, you got to be careful. Are getting hamburger money? Like I don't know what the per diem was. Hardly anything. I'm getting big league per diem. The same as in the NHL. I get yeah. a check at the end of every month. They'd make up number of games played on the road. And I'm loving it. I'm starting. I got three things to do. I go to practice, go deep sea fishing, nice. go to the beach, or go to Disney World. It's two hours away. So, and I'm lighting it up. I knew I would. The guy on my left is sent down from Chicago, Danny Lodbo from University of Denver, really good player, and Daryl Nibbs from Chicago, my right winger. We're lighting it up. So 
I get another call from the North Stars. And they get permission to talk to me because they, they didn't want to tamper. Yeah. And I'm lighting it up. Now, there's going to be two more teams coming into WHA the next year, Phoenix and Cincinnati. I'm third in scoring, like 17 power play goals. Like I could, I could always score. And I, I knew if I was given the chance, I would have scored. I, anyway. You were always a point a game everywhere. Always you saw in the minors. Oh. You check my stats out. I'm looking at it. Right, I'm looking at it right now. You're you were always at least always if just yeah. right there or above. You were just or under, above. Or above the year, the, the one year I get, and that's when I ended up actually. I thought I I packed it in, and that's when Detroit Ted Lindsay got a hold of me, and I I'm telling you Brady, I made more money, and this is the truth. In salary, not signing bonus. In salary, when I played for the Kalamazoo Wings, because they were a farm club for, for Detroit, uh, the L, uh, uh, oh God, they're number one pick. Anyway, we had a pretty good team. But the North Stars contact, I've saved that story for later because that's a good one. And Blair says, I've been given permission to talk to you. Same deal. Same deal, kid. We got a spot for you right now. This is where I might have fucked up, but I I don't look back. I don't look back. He said in Phoenix, Western Hockey League, Western Pro. Right now, you'll go in, same deal, same money, same everything. I thought I knew Phoenix and Cincinnati are going to come in. I'm going to, I'm burning it up. So I said, well, Mr. Blair, I was never, ever told him to fuck off or anything. I always said, Mr. Blair. I'm going to finish out season. The season did finish, and I did get drafted in the early draft. <clears throat> I was 10th pick out of 20 for the Phoenix. Now, came, in, came into the WHA, kept her team. Now, now I am fucked. Yeah. The year is over. My two-year contract is up. North Star still on my my rights. I got to go back. That's okay. That's okay. They contact me. By this time, Blair is gone. I think Blair must have really liked me because he kept, he could have told me to fuck off and not, but he, he called me twice. So I think I look back on it. If I had gone and maybe I would have gotten up, I know I would have played one game, 10, I don't know, but I would have played in the NHL that I know, but how many, I don't know, you know? So, I got to go back. They fire Blair. They bring in Jackie Gordon, who's an absolute fucking moron. I I don't care. I don't care. Jackie Gordon was from, I uh, think he coached or GM Vancouver. He made the trade, Cam Neely from Vancouver for Barry Pedersen from the Bruins. And we all know what happened, what Cam Neely did. Yeah. I had a great camp. On that team, the Minnesota North Stars M were one of the better teams in the West. Three guys from that team that I was in training camp with were on Team Canada's 1972 Summit Series. Gary Bergman, Gary Bergman, JP Parise, and Bill Goldsworthy. They're all on that team. I'm in training camp. You want to see something and, cool? Hold on, senior. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. So where I am right now, yeah. um, Susan's house behind me, that's Harry Harry Sinden. This yes. Is, yeah, so this is uh this is her his uh niece's 
This is his niece's house that I'm in right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never, I've, I've never even done this. It's attached to my computer, but I can like, she's got Boston Bruins stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she used to have Bobby Orr come to her house for lunch when the when the. Oh my! I got Bobby Orr stick down there, but anyway. You do, eh? Yeah, I got that. Uh, yeah, I got it through my okay. travels. I'll cut you off, but keep going because you were talking yeah. about seventy you know, summit series. Yeah. So, I, and I have a great camp. I mean, they got. Dennis Hextall, they got an older team, but they're good. Jude Drouin, Freddie Stanfield. And I can skate with all these fucking guys. Isn't that and I scored Maniago in the Nets. They had a good team. Tommy Barrett, Tom Reed. But I'm I'm coming over from Minnesota. Jake Preparise, Luna, and he come right up to me. And said, Terry, how you doing? Because they used to come over and watch our games. Yeah. I said, oh, well, he said, boy, you know, the boys are really optimistic for me. Okay. Now, I, 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 I know, man, I jumped on you. Fuck, you know, you know, you're going to get some degree of being blackballed. Anyway, okay. So Jackie Gordon says, Terry, we want to send you down. Okay, okay, fine. I knew that. I knew that. So they're starting a new franchise in the International League in Lansing, Michigan, called Lansing Lancers. In the stands for the whole camp is a guy named Paul Bright. I think Paul used to be GM for the LA Kings. Like he was right up there in the LA Kings organization. He's going to be owner. North Stars are going to supply players. <clears throat> number one on his list is me. Because I have a great camp. I'm number one. Now I'm going down. Ah, oh, fuck. I got, a, I got a degree by this time. I always use it. I had that in my hip fucking pocket. So Paul takes me out. He says, Terry. What do you want? I was in the WHA. I was at 15. So I don't know what that came down to. Probably 750 a week or 650 a week. So it was 15 on the year. So you figured out five and a half months. So it had to be like 750 weeks, 3,000 a month times 515. So it was around that. So I said, Paul, it's going to be 15 grand a year. This is when guys in the International League we're making. I had we had a guy come. He was a third round pick. Two fifty a week. I'm not kidding you. This is hockey. Then this two fifty a week. He says, Jesus, Terry. He said, I can't make it out. He said, I got John Gravel on our team. Has been whatever, and John makes whatever. I said, Paul, look, I got a degree here, and I said, I'm disappointed enough as it is. So he said, Terry he said, uh. Well, he said, uh, you know, well, Jesus. So we speak, and was that it was at a uh, uh, IHOP, as it was, and we got it down. And I said, he said, Terry, blah 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 blah. He said, Jesus, you can't tell anyone. I said, Paul, why would I? Got it down to fourteen thousand. I said, okay, great. I go down once again. You check this out on Lansing. I'm burning it. I'm. Top 10 scoring. Paul, they promised them a new arena. They didn't give it to him. So we're playing in front of 2,000 fans a night, man. So Paul says, Terry, calls me in. He said, I can't go on. He said, I worked out a deal that you're going to go to Kalamazoo, which was they were first year uh, expansion team dead last. They trade me keep my rights, but trade me to Muskegon, which was the Islanders fan club. They're going to, they got the, the, the uh, Turner cup was, it was like Santa cup in the eye. 
and they're got a best minor league team I ever played with. So I go there, check the stats out. At the end of the year, two teams combined, 34 goals, 67 assists, 101 points. Four guys in front of me on fifth in scoring. Four guys in front of me go straight into the NHL. Straight, bing, bing, bing. I have 101 points. Got all my, good part was, Brady, I get all my bonuses and I make more money now because when I get to Muskegon, my original bonuses were 20 goals, 1,000, 25, uh, 60 points. Now, uh, any any assist after 40, I get 67. I made more money that year than any in, in the WHA. The guy, we we ended up getting knocked out in the semifinals by the LA Kings Farm Club. Uh, uh, the guy in the Nets ended up going up to LA the next year, seven games. Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, it'll come. And he played seven years straight with the Kings. He stood on his head. Now I go in, you talk about stories. I know I'm not coming back here. I'm not coming back <laughs> to Muskegon. Name is Moose Lalo. Moose says, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't give you your bonuses. You made too much money. I looked at him. He said, you know how much money you made? I said, fuck, Moose. I don't know and I don't care. <clears throat> All I know is that's my fucking contract. <clears throat> and you got to pay him. Anyway, <laughs> I ended up with 101 points, 34 goals. So every goal after 20 and every assist after 40, 100 bucks, 100 bucks, 100, thousands. He wasn't going to pay it. He said, okay, I'm going to give you that. I'm not paying your way home. There he is, total moron. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're not going to pay my way home. Now I'm driving a nice Challenger, a nice car. I'm going to drive home. They go by the number of miles, so much per mile. <coughs> I Then I get upset. I says, Moose, you got to pay for my fucking way home, man. By this time, you've counted out the money, and I've fucking got money coming out of my asshole. <laughs> anyway, he pays it. He pays it. Okay. Now, I go home, I got no intentions to come back. But as of when I go home, I start my BED, my teaching, and my second degree. Ted Lindsay calls me. Kalamazoo in dead last. Dead last. He knows what I can do from the year before. Lindsay calls me. I don't forget. I got no reason to lie. He said, well, well Caleb, well, what's it going to take to get you back here? I said, well, Mr. Lindsay, uh, well, he said, uh, you know, I'm willing to give you a good offer. This is Christmas. And you can check this out over a point a game. He said, I tell you what we'll do. Uh, he said, we'll pay your your uh, your apartment. Now, the apartment that ended up being on the Gold Coast, they call it. All the millionaires lived out there in an A-frame, uh, like uh, log, uh, made of logs, you know, that sort of A-frame uh, cottage. And uh, there's Teddy. Great guy, Mr. Lynn. Great. I get he's going to pay for that. He's paying for my groceries. He's giving me a car. Z28. On top of that, on top of that, That's this awesome. is when 5000 for a third-round pick, he said, we're going to pay you 700 a week, $3,000 signing bonus in cash. In cash. Plus this, plus that. I'm raking it, plus my bonuses. I remember I go in, Bob Lemieux, God love Bob. I hope this uh, this 50 years ago, I should get charged or whatever. And Bob, he says, Terry, close the door. I close the door. He opens up. 
counts out $3,100 bills. This is why there's big dough. I'm telling you right now, the cap on the eye is 20,000. You can't make more than 20,000 a year. 3,000 cash. Thanks, Bob. He says, Terry, if you tell, there's guys in our team just came from Memorial Cup, Regina Pats, Sobchuk, Wanchuk, Gillies, Clark Gillies, left winger, Mike Wanchuk, 54 goals. Chucker's making 300 a week. He said, if you tell the guys, I'm going to have a revolt. I said, Bob, <laughs> I'm going to tell fuck off. So I raked it. And we ended up, anyway, we had coming from last place. We ended up playing the Dayton Gems, Stan Jonathan. 13 of them went straight to the NHL, formed the Washington Capitals, worst team in history. My buddy, Tony White, scores 27 at Washington. <clears throat> Stan Jonathan's on loan. Jim, the seaweed petty, is on loan. Back up to Cheevers in Boston. They beat us in six, double overtime. But we went out with our heads high. And I had checked the stats, just check them out. I get home. I really like Kalamazoo, University of Western Michigan, Jeter. And I really liked it. So I told him, you, when I'm going home, he said, Terry, I said, Bob, I'll come back for the same. And he's going, well, I got to talk to uh, Lindsay. I said, I'll come back. I really like it here. Really like it, but I said I'm not. I'm. I said by then, I got one semester to go, and I got my BED. I said, Bob, I'm one semester, which I'm going to get when I go home because they had tri semester here in Newfoundland. I'm going to have a BED at the end of August. I'm going to have my BABED. I'm going to be a teacher if I want. Here's what I can make. Anyway, I go back my second year. Only I got hurt. I ended up I think 59 games, 55 points. Partially separated shoulder. But I loved it. I loved it. And Bob told me at the end of that year, he said, Terry, he said, no, he said, we got to cut you to 400 a week, which is still pretty good dough for the yeah. eye. It was good dough. Yeah. I said, no, I can't play for 400. And I wouldn't. I wasn't going to. Uh, just the way I was. I had principles and uh, I can go home. I don't risk, you know, being fucking paralyzed or, or you know, uh, getting like 17 fucking stitches over the eye. I got with a cross check. Or, I had, you know, question. I said, no, Bob, that was it. And I simply came home and I didn't miss a beat. I had my BED, got a job 30 years later, French teacher, retired 13 years ago. I owed all the hockey. I owed all the hockey, paid for everything. And now I had the fortitude that I had to keep it up to do. But I, I, I was a dad never, like I said, I don't come from a money background. Small town, dad was a mater d in a small hotel. You fit, you do the math. Uh, so, but the one thing I did, Brady, that I'm proud of, my dad was an alcoholic, but he wasn't an abusive alcoholic. Dad was what you call a happy alcoholic. Uh, dad worked in a, in a hotel. And I hope when I came home from school, dad would have his dozen beer by his seat watching TV. And I'd say, I hope dad's only on his fourth or fifth because he'll be. If he's on his ninth or tenth, he's going to be drunk. Yeah, that's the truth every day. But he never missed a hockey practice, never missed a game, never missed a baseball practice because I was a really good yeah. baseball player. Yeah, you too. were. Yeah, you were. I was. I was an all-star Canadian all-star at fifteen it, against twenty-one-year-old. That's another. That's another story. Well, hey, do you but, think? Yo, know, do you think you should? Would you ever think if you would have went the baseball route instead? Uh, of the you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. If the if the Blue Jays were around then. Yeah, I made. We had a tournament, the national tournament they call it, in Sarnia, Ontario, the best 
from Newfoundland, best from Ontario, best from the West, best from BC, best from against guys that went on. Gary Duffy ended up uh, for Ontario. Sarnia ended up signing with the Pirates. He was the best in the tournament. I was 15. Duffy was 21. 20. I definitely would <clears throat> have gone to a train uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I could hit. I could steal. I was really fast. And I was third baseman. I, I, I was 15. I was selected to the All-Star team. Jesus, do the math, you know? And But hockey was always my first love. And yeah. baseball, it didn't happen. There was no nothing on the go then. Like, you know, so I, it wasn't a choice for me. But the one thing that I'm really proud of, I always promised my dad. I never had a car growing up. I walked everywhere. In a small town, you could walk everywhere. But all my buddies, fathers, worked in. We had a big paper mill in the mill making big dough. Any mill. You go in any kind of paper mill in Ontario, BC, you check it out. My uncle was making twice as much as me when I was a teacher. He yeah. was a paper maker. Anyway, dad never worked in the mill. Came from the Bay, they call it. Grade 5 education. Came in to Grand Falls. Married my mother. Bad enough, he came from the Bay, they call it. And I said to my father, I said, Dad, if I ever turn pro, I'm buying you a car. Mm -hmm. And I said, I am. And I signed for 15000 I went out. Dad didn't know it. I, 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 I was getting married in July. I signed. Uh, I signed in June. Latter part of June. The draft was first week in June. I had my wife's uncle sold cars. I got dad a car parked in the driveway with all the balloons and that on it. So he came out with one of my cousins. They drove him out because I got married out here. So we came back to the house, probably 30, 40 people here. And I walked over to dad and I held the keys out to him. I said, dad here. And he looked at me and he didn't know what was going on. And he, and I said, dad, that car in the driveway is yours. He started to cry. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. He started to cry. And I welled up. I said, no, Dad. He couldn't drive it back because he never had his license. Yeah. So my first cousin said, Terry, I'll drive it back. When he gets back, we'll get him down. We'll get him to get his license. But it's the one thing I did in life. And my dad ended yeah. up giving up booze eight years before he died, cold turkey. He gave wow. it up when he was 50. And then never smoked a day in his life, walked everywhere. Ended up dying of pancreatic cancer. Sorry to hear that. Uh, one month. He only had it one month. But I loved him. And the one thing I did, and and I bought it for him, and I lived through on my promise what I did. And you know something? Years and years later, my son, Terry, did the same thing. Wow. He signed with the Montreal Canadiens, except his signing bonus was much, much bigger, eighth overall. And I had no idea. I get a knock on the door and a guy comes to the door and he holds the keys out just like I did dad. And there's a red uh, SUV. Oh, what was it? The, it was the best one on the go. What was the name on it? The Anyway, he said it was $55,000. Mr. Ryan, that's yours. I said, for what? He said, your son bought it for you. Hmm. And I I drove that for when I was carrying. He's, hey, he's a popular guy, man. He's a, he's a popular. But that was my story of dad, and he gave it up cold turkey. And I was so proud of him. 
because when I came home in the summers, even though I was living out here, uh, I always went to Grandpa's for a week or two to see him, bring Terry in, and Dad, and I couldn't believe it. I'm waiting for Dad to break out. And I would never, now I drank, and I never, I just had a beer. You know, a couple of goat hockey players. I wasn't an alcoholic or anything, but I'd never have a beer in the house. I'd respected Dad. I wasn't going to drink in the house. So I'd go out with the boys at night, go out to a local bar or whatever. But, uh, yeah, and he ends up dying of pancreatic cancer. I never smoked a day and just walked everywhere. And that was it. That's the way. That's life, brother, you know. But I had him for, he was 53. And uh, what a wonderful man. But he never missed a practice at baseball or hockey and was so proud of me. And uh, never been outside of Newfoundland. Much like, much like you are of uh, of Terry Junior there. So, like, I, I do want to. I have a couple questions coming in. Uh, my friend David. Uh, one, yeah. um, oh, that's the wrong one. There it is. Uh, he said, "I'd like to both ask both of the Ryan's who is your favorite band of all time and favorite Canadian group or singer." Okay, well, I think I can speak for Terry here. My favorite band of all time would be the Beatles. Now, the Beatles cap, but my era, but I, Terry heard so much music around. I would say he, his would be the Beatles. I think Terry's favorite Canadian group would be the Tragically Hip. Yeah, that's me too. And, and Gord Downey, because he knew Gord uh, Downey pretty well. Because Terry, being a writer, would go to these side. Uh, Gord would be there too. I never met Gord. But hey. Terry met him, went out with him in Toronto to a big... Uh, guy owns tim hortons up there in a big anyway this but mine would probably be the guess who because they, they were more of uh, my my uh you know ilk and, and my generation yeah what and i was going to tell you too so harry sinden who you can see in this picture that's gord downey's uh god Terry told me and i had no idea yeah no. Terry told me no that's yeah it's his godfather yes yeah, oh, he told you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he told me. Cool. Yeah, small it's, world. It's yeah, a small world. It is, man. Brady, you find out you played, Terry played, and the hockey world, you'll always know of someone who played against someone at some time somewhere else. That's why when the old timers come through, I always go out with them here. Last two years now, they haven't because of this COVID, or this year and last year. But they always have 10 coming through. I always go with the boys. Terry introduced me. Last year it was Howard Chuck, uh, Bertuzzi, Denny Savard. Uh, great guys. Just yeah, great Todd, guys. Todd's a friend. Todd's a newly uh, – I talk to Todd every now and then, probably like once a month for the last four or five months. He's a great guy. I'm a yes. Great, great guy. Yeah, I like Todd. He told me, he told, and I tell you a story about Todd Bertuzzi. I'm sitting – I'm standing at the bar. The place has got about 1,000 people. It's a big bar, convention center. Boys gave their, they'd always go for a heart foundation, a charity, and they give a little speech. And of course, we're all getting blasted. So, and all the beer free for me. And Howard Chuck came back three times. I just met him. What a great guy. He said, Senior, come. I said, Don't call me Mr. Ryan, call me Senior. Are you okay? Are you okay? So I'm standing up with Bertuzzi and Eric Dazze at the bar. And I said, Todd, I gave my story. And of course, once I played for the Hamilton Rebels, oh, you played in the OHA. Yeah, I played when you were with Guelph. They were the Guelph Biltmores, and the Guelph when I came through Guelph were tier two. Now they're now they're tier one. I said, of all the guys, you play, you know that coach you, all your coaches. Who was the biggest prick? Because we've all got prick stories. Yeah, and he didn't miss a beat. He said, Mike, 
Iron Mike. What was Mike his last name? Keenan. Mike Keenan. He never lost a beat. He said Mike Keenan was the biggest prick. And he told his story. He said they were he was with Detroit. Uh, Keenan was coaching him, so it had to be in probably Vancouver. Would have been Vancouver when Keenan was in Vancouver when he first got there, probably. It could have been. Anyway. With Messier. They lose, they lose. They, something happens. Keenan calls him out on the ice. And he sits in a chair at center ice and he just blows the whistle. Up, back, up, back, up, back. For an hour, blows the whistle. And he said, was, I forget the guy on the team. He said, the guy said, fuck this. So when he comes back, Keenan's sitting with his back to him. On his way down the ice, he ran him over, just ran right over him. Keenan goes sprawling. The chair goes everywhere. And he said he gets up. And he says, okay, practice is over. And he said, that's all he said. Never, I said, guy thought he was caught. Go, practice is over. But he said he was um, a prick. That's awesome. Hey, senior, listen, we're, we're going to wrap this up, but I'd love you to got have it. I'm gonna, you know, I don't know what I'm going out to the outdoor rink right now. Um, so that's Keith, what I, that's what Keith, but look what a nice job the Denturist did. I know. Hey, I'm going down in a couple of weeks Perfect. to get mine. I'm going down in a couple of <laughs> weeks to get mine done. So uh no man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do oh, this. Great. Hey, I love hearing the stories. You're a welcome guest anytime. And you tell you tell Terry, um, I want him to, to come back on the show again too, because I know and he's he, and he on. will. He will yeah. down here with bells on. Down yeah. here we have an expression. You ever hear that? He'll be there with bells on. Yeah, I, I got. I wanted to get a little more down with the uh, with the new lingo, but we can save that for next time. <laughs> um, also, yeah. also, it's on my to do list is to come out there and get screeched in. So, oh, you'll uh, well if if you get here, you never you won't go back. There. No one goes back. It's a great. It's a great spot. Now I look. Don't get me wrong. Ontario gave me everything I had, and I loved Ontario, and I've been back numerous times. Uh, latest being four or five years ago, CACDC and Downsview. But uh, oh, I still got a lot of buddies. I was talking to Bob Neely uh, six, seven months ago. Mike Beiser calls me. So I do have contact, but because you're so far away from it, you tend to lose it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I loved Ontario, and I loved Hamilton. It got a bad rap, but I loved it, man. I, and I lived in, off Little Italy. Uh, East uh, Tolton Avenue, East, East Hamilton, just off, uh, like I say, East uh, Little Italy, and I loved it there. Man. I I had great time. Like I say, it gave me, geez, I got a degree from McMaster. I, how am I going to get that? Never. But it gave me that, and I never paid a cent for it. They treated me like gold. And uh, even when I when I turned pro, I played with lots of guys. You'd always talk. Well, you know, a couple of guys. You know, McMillan was with St. Kitts, so you talk about, well, the OEK. And then, of course, a lot of guys from the West. That team, by the way, in Kalamazoo, they were all from the West, and I loved them. They showed me guts. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. They, they, they really helped me with my character because yeah. every guy on the team could just go. And you better go. And Terry said, Dad, that's the way it went. Terry went eighth overall, 210 minutes. But everyone went lank out like 150. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, it wasn't quite that. It was more skilled, I think. And we had you know, we had tough guys, too. 
But there was more tough guys on every team in the, in the Western League. For oh, sure. yeah, man. The Western League. For sure. It's a wild, wild west out there. It's not like that anymore as much. But even when I played in it, it was like that, too. So we loved it. But, hey, senior man, thank you so much for doing this. And Brady, I, I really appreciate you appreciate calling. It's it, my pleasure to be on. Okay, man. We'll talk soon. You got it. Okay. Bye now. What an awesome dude. Um, that was a lot of fun unbelievable stories and i bet you he's got a million more that's the best part um oh hold on let me see hold hey, on we're not done there he is I, I was gone for most of that how many questions did you ask i'm guessing four um maybe uh like three i think you maybe one too many um i got a couple quick ones in there but he was awesome man he was great hey well, let me yeah. ask you something let me ask you what's up with you why are you growing your mustache why um my daughter loves Stranger Things, and she wanted me to grow a mustache like Hopper. All right, and and, uh, and I do normally have a tooth. It's it's in the shop. But um, good question, Brady. I like to change it up. I like to keep well, people no. guessing. Man. Yeah, no, no, no. Me too. Well, I got the big mustache here too, right? So like. I grew up from November, but then I saw this post. It was like, you know, men's mental health issues don't end on December 1st. And I was like, well, I guess I'm growing it till next November. So I'm, I'm committed to this for at least till no next November. I'm going to grow my hair too. Uh, I might trim it, but I'm going to keep the, uh, the, the foo man shoes. So um, I bet you would have been a good in the dressing room. You were creative. You're one of those guys in the dressing room that would just up for anything. Yeah. I was the music guy. Fucking had the, I was in control of the music and the, in the, the the warm-up music, the dressing room music. Yeah, I, I was talk guys like you a mile away because I'm one. Yeah, yeah, very much so, man. It's uh, I don't know, man. It was it was fun, right? I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of hard times in junior, but my last year in junior, you know, playing with Kelowna with like Jamie Ben and fuck like Tyler you Myers. Finished ahead of Ben in scoring, I saw fifteen yeah. or sixteen points. I yeah. know he played more games, but he's an NHL superstar. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, well, the only reason I had so many points is because if you actually go, I sh one day I'll sit down and show you the game-by-game -game stats. Uh, fuck, in January, I had 27 points in 13 games, 14 goals, 13 assists. Ben got hurt. Well, actually, I went to, listen to this, I went to Swift Current, and um, that's where I had that one girl pregnant, and uh, I was I didn't do the right thing. I didn't do the right thing by it at all. Well, after the fuck, so I was on this point streak. I was leading the WHL point streak, okay? I'm filling in. Senior just was, or just one sec, Brady, sorry. Senior was just on here for an hour. Yeah, I'm on. And anyway, yeah. that so, Danielle. Is that your wife? It is my ex-wife right ex, here. Yes. Oh, well, ex. We get along great. I was, I told Let's see. Here. Thanks for thanks for letting me borrow him and I know. Oh, no, no, you can have him. Trust no, me. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. He was with Penny or or, hey, hey, Penny or what? That's cool that you guys get along so well, though. I don't now, know. Oh, yeah. Look, here he is. Holy Bring shit. The right yeah. there. Here, come over. Say hi, Penny Lane. Hey, there she oh, is. Look. Hey, hi. Penny Lane. How are you? I'm feeling good. Yeah. There you go. Look, that's Brady Leovold. He has one of the most popular new Brady. hockey podcasts on the go. Oh, oh, it's all about the Brady. Brady. Oh, yeah. He hijacked my world championship ring. That's the Herder <laughs> championship. Is that the Herder? Is that the Herder ring? No, that's the world championship ball hockey. Oh, ball hockey. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, but yeah, so, man, it was, 
Bye. Your dad was so much fun. Let me tell you this story quick, though. This girl. Okay. I do want to hear it. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, no, no. Don't. This. So anyways, fuck, man, 14 goals, 13 assists in 13 games going into Swift Kern. Okay. The town that I got traded to or traded from because the girl was pregnant and it was way too much drama. The police got involved. It was bad, man. It was bad. So Dean Chanel's like, yo, you got to go. Trades me to Kelowna. Now. Struggled in Kelowna in the first little bit, but now I'm hitting my stride. I'm lighting it up in January. Fuck. Go to Swift Current on this huge high note. The girl shows up to the game with the baby. I hit the post on the first shift on a two-on-one. Ben gave me a pass. I hit the post. After that, nothing. Nothing. After the game, the girl's friend grabbed the kid and chased me out of the rink and followed the bus. They were following the bus to Boston Pizza. I went the next fucking 11 games, no points. No points for the Wait, next 11. 11 yeah, but did you play regular in those 11 games? Sure did, but Jamie Ben was hurt. That's where he lost those games. And I was playing power play. I was playing everything. I had chance after chance after chance, and I could not score. In the stick. Uh, it, it's the perfect storm of um, things. To, uh, it's the perfect storm of, of shit to be on your mind. And then if you'd only get a bounce, I've been in those, and you're like, man, give me a bounce now because everything yeah. else is going bad. Just give me a yeah. bounce. And then you I don't get them, and it's like this addictive cancer. It yeah. just keeps it, for lack of a better way to put it. It's and you just, seriously. and like five games in, you're like, I know I'm not going to score. And then that's when, that's when you're gone then, right? Yeah. You're like, you get the well, puck. I should have like, had like 90 points that year. No joke. I was on pace. Colin Long should have had like 120. Ben probably would have had 130. Who knows? But like, it was, uh, we were on, we were the best line in the league and I wasn't the biggest, uh, but those guys played bigger because I would just fight anybody I did because I knew that they were better than me. So I was like, I'll just got to protect them, but I can keep up a little bit too. It was kind of, it was good, man. But hey, listen, why can uh, we let's schedule one for a couple of weeks? Uh, me and you will shoot the shit. You can fill me in on, on what's going on or maybe, a month or what are you doing? Yeah. I'm, uh, they don't know it yet. I'm going to run for office here in. Uh... Yeah. What's it? Dad's. Oh, here. Dad, dad interrupted the interview to give me some subway coupons. Look at that. <laughs> subway. It was, it was important enough. See it. Oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, and, and it's, I'm running for office, and we'll see. I think because the, the party called me, and um, I, it's it's a bit of an underdog. Like, I, for lack of a better way to put it, I don't mind risking public failure. I, I've done it. You know how it goes. So, a lot of people didn't want to take this because take this stance because the person I'm going to be or one of the people I'm running against has been in there in a long time. He's actually a great guy and he does a good job, but it's a democracy and no one should go uncontested. That's and, right. um, and I, you know, I, I want to get my feet wet and it's not like hockey or even the, the, the you know, the business world or, or it's because you can't get your feet wet. There's no minors. I can't go to the AHL, learn a little bit and go back up. So if there's an election, really, unless, uh, uh, you know, unless you're willing to lose and if, if you want to do it in the future, you got to kind of look for opportunities like this. So that's why. Yeah, man. Hey, I, Hey man, anything I can do to help you whenever you need it. If there's something I can do, you just, you send me a well, message. You, I'll tell you how you can start. You can have me back on next week or the week okay. after whatever you got Perfect. planned. Okay. And done uh, I'd love to you to pick up this story because I'm interested in your story more than you're interested in mine, to be honest. And yeah. I'd love to hear the rest of this. And I know I heard a little bit of it when you interviewed me. 
Uh, how about this? I'll have you on my podcast. All right, perfect. You tell okay. me when, man. You tell me I'm when. Afraid, uh, I'm going to say, when can I have you on? Say two Mondays from now. Let's perfect. say it now so it's done. Done deal. Okay. Two Mondays from now, Tales of TR. I'm, I'm going to ask her questions. And to you, that's going to be craziness. But I'd like to hear, I mean... I love it. I'm a, I'm an open book, man. I don't pull I punches. I don't give a shit. I tell it like it is. If I fucked up, I'll tell you I fucked up. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Maybe people can learn before, from it. Before we go, I'm going to take the position of question asker just for a second. Sure. As it's my instinct. But so you just said you're an open book right yeah i often say the same sort of thing hard times kind of helped me with that because you just end up i i found the more honest i was the more i'd feel good inside so yes i, I think that there came a point where it's not the same thing but there are similarities even with me with the way i handled my my, my career and i didn't go back to camp for a long time i blamed other people and you know there's something to there i mean to that not to t not to blame anybody else, but you know, there. I wish my coach, you know, Michelle Terrian was better. I <laughs> wish my agent had handled it better. But in the end, it was my decision. And once once you're honest with yourself, I find yeah. a way. My decision not to go back to camp, which yeah. it, it led to the end. I find it's a lot easier. So my question to you was actually: Did jail time help you with that? Did actually, I hundred percent really curious. I only know a certain amount of people that have gone to jail. I didn't know more than a handful, but. One common denominator, they say, I could be way more honest with way more people when I got out. Is this true for you? 100%, man, because you want to know what? Um, especially for me, man, it was front page news in the Vancouver newspaper. Former hockey pro sentenced to 21 months for robbery with details about me stealing a taxi cab at knife point. Like, what worse, what more, like, on Crime Stoppers, how much worse does it get than that? Like, what can people really say about me then? It's like, you know, it's only one way up from here, man. When you're sticking needles in your arm and living on the streets and in and out of jail, there's only one way. You're either going to die or you got to rise up or you're yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's now it. One, you can either, just go slightly more than a yes or no here. But I have another question for you that I'd like to dive into. But I played with a guy with a similar story, and it's in Vancouver, Stephen Pete. Did you come across Petey? Man, I'm trying to get a hold of Petey, man. I, his brother coached me, okay? His brother Mike coached me my first year junior B, and uh, – we were in, actually, I was in jail with one of uh, PD's best friends, One, of, but this guy is like a certified gangster, not like me, like he was doing petty crimes. This guy was like getting extradited to the States for like importing like a metric ton of cocaine, like $5 million worth or something. And, and he knew PD and uh, we talked a lot about it. Um, like he actually knew him really well, like was they got him out of the shit, try to help him, like was there and saw all the stuff and. Uh, I don't know what Petey's up to, but I had PJ Stock on my podcast, and we touched on it a little bit too, because uh, he what knew. What a fight they had! What's that? What a fight they had! Yeah, yeah, that's what the talk was, right? They had that Boom, big tilt. They, they went toe to toe. I forget, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, um, man. There's lots of. But man, hey, I'm, listen, I, I, got, I, I, I'm really, I want to dive further into it, but it'll, it'll be a half hour, an hour. So let I me know. ask you that question when you can. Yeah, buddy. I'm hitting the ODR right now, outdoor rink um, right now. So um, that's my paradise these days, man. I didn't, I was on skates for almost fucking 10 years. So now I'm back on skates and I'm loving it.
Last thing I'll say, who's this guy that throws the puck three, uh, 30, 40 feet in the air, catches it, puts it under his leg? Who is that? That is a, unbelievable. It's fucking ridiculous. And let me tell you about this kid, okay? Jaden Shavers, his name. I was running this uh, sports shop up in Morrisburg, but things didn't work out because I couldn't find a place to live and whatever else. Well, Jaden... He walked in one day and uh, like he, you know, I showed him a video of me. He's like, let me go get my phone. And uh, he pulls his phone out, but the videos were like four years old. He had given it up. He had totally given it up. But these videos, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, and then he gets the stick and he still had it. I have, and I'll tell you what, okay. You see the videos and that blows your mind. But when you see it live and you see how consistent he is, it's, fucking insane bro he can he, could, he doesn't drop it ever man like ever like it, and the camera's on the puck and i'm going is it is he throwing it up does he have a rhyme or reason when he's throwing it up or is he just that good that when it's coming down because i'm like and i mean again you're talking to a guy that played in the nhl and i'm going what i i can't i cannot i tried it myself out back i tried it myself. and you know the odd time yeah, yeah time you'll get one, you like, see him he, he flips it up like throws it up and lands it on the shaft yeah i don't know how like, on the other side of the shaft and like on the skinny one time i seen him landed on top of the fucking blade bro like the blade it landed like and like, like you know what i mean when the puck's coming like, down if you are just one millimeter off the center of gravity it's gonna roll off and just every time i i can't believe what i'm watching i honestly can't believe it and let's let's leave it at that Hey, and, um, if, if that's okay, it's your show. I took over. No, I love it. You know what I love? This is what I love. Jaden is actually wants to start his own little five minute interview series. And he fucking loves you, bro. He's one of your biggest wow. fans. He loves, he talks about you all the time. He was working at the shop with me and he tells the story about the draft, uh, like when you're in the draft interview and all that, he loves that shit, bro. So maybe once, maybe next time, uh, when you're on my show, we'll bring him on and, and I'll introduce you to him. Cause he's actually such a great kid too. I've got your ad address from sending you the book i'm going to send you a picture or something to give to him if you don't mind yeah, me and my awesome. dad. yeah buddy. i'd like to know that he got it at some point have a conversation if i'm ever in his company i want to see this for real it could 100%. be a burnham and bailey circus i mean it he could be an entertainer i need I just to watch him, that i need to get him linked in with the right people the kids got it bro i'm telling you it's fucking unreal he's the best i've ever seen man the best nobody's better than him not zach bell not any of these kids this kid Jaden, is the best at, at what he's doing right now and uh it's pretty exciting and, I'm, and he's gonna get a lot of opportunity from it so maybe we can help him anyways tr i'm gonna go yeah. to the odr what's that i'm going to the odr Okay, baby, I'm going to play PGA 2K21 golf with my buddies online. If you ever want to join us, let me know. It's a blast. All, All right. ex-hockey players. All right, I'm in. Next, next. I'll, I've got to get my system rocking. There's one. What do you play on? I'm on PS4. I'm going to get a beauty. PS5 soon. Beauty, yeah, beauty. There's a PS4 right there. I'm in. Okay, uh, PGA uh, 2K21 GTA. That's what I'm on now. Both those okay. games. I'm, uh, I'm going to send you a message here uh, to probably tomorrow and I'll get it hooked up. Okay. Okay, buddy. See you later, buddy. Good talking hey, to you man. again. Thanks for having dad on too. Hey, man. All, all day. You guys are always welcome. Talk soon. Yeah. Wow, guys. Fuck. I love those guys. Um, obviously, I know junior better than senior, but man, he's such a great guy. He's been a good friend to me since I started this. Um, a supporter of mine and takes my calls, which I just appreciate because there was a time when fuck people I even knew wouldn't take my fuck calls, let alone next NHLers and stuff.
Um, even though some of those guys were ex-NHLers that wouldn't take my calls before. Um, but that's uh, not the case anymore. I said I was going to give away some of these targets. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them away on my Instagram. So follow me on Instagram, at Hockey to Heroin. Um, I'm going to make a note. If you guys can put in the comments, just if you're watching, put a comment right now. Just put, you know, I can see your name. I know David's watching. Um, you know, I want to do something for all you guys that are always watching live. I know there's a, um, you know, people hop in and hop out, but there are some people all the time that are watching. These targets though, Dave Maley, former NHLer. This is his company. Check it out, guys. Topshelftargets.com or on Instagram at Top Shelf Targets. I'm going to go see if I can uh, give these a whirl right now on the ODR. Um, they have magnets on them. They stick to metal nets. No more of that foam target bullshit. Um, thank you to Dave Maley. He hooked it up. Like, he seriously hooked it up. I got like, a, I don't know, probably 20 in there, 20 packs. So uh, we'll give a couple away uh, so we can uh, help the youth sharpen their skills. Uh, always doing that. If you're in and around Muskoka, hit me up. I'd love to get on the ice with you. I'm going on the ice right now with Susan Cook's grandkids uh, and her son, Jason. So, hey, my I, ha I do have a little bit of free time right now. Um, so now is the time. Uh, you know, Taylor and I aren't living together right now. So I have that extra free time when we get, uh, when we get, um, living together and I'm on the road and the hockey fires up, this isn't going to be the case. So, um, this is a chance to do it. If you want to come up and skate with me, if you want me to coach you, if you want a skill session, whatever it is you want, um, you want to come out, come up and chuck some sauce. I'm loving it because I'm going to be on the ODR here pretty much every day. And most days I'm assuming I'm going to be by myself because uh, the kids are in school anyways. So um, I extend that that invitation to absolutely anyone. Okay. Um, I have so much more that I wanted to talk about uh, today. Uh, but obviously, you know, we had some uh, amazing stories and I'm okay with that. I don't always need to talk. Um, but there are some things that I need to address on the next episode. Nothing major, just things that are uh, important to me going on in my life. I want to say hello to everybody on the West Coast, mom, dad, but especially, especially Brooklyn and Brody. Um, I've been thinking about you guys a lot lately. So I don't know. Something tells me that that wall is going to break soon. And uh, I've been praying a lot about it. So. Until that day happens, I just enjoy the things that I do have because I do have a lot. <laughs> Hadley and Lincoln and Veda are such a gift. Taylor is such a gift. Um, this uh, be, Getting to do this and getting to uh, do all the different things and communicate with all the different people, whether it be former pro hockey players or hockey fans or people that just feel that they want to be inspired, um, people that are struggling, that are reaching out to me. Um, it's keeping me going. So thank you guys. I truly appreciate it. Uh, Doug Sweeney, what's up, buddy? Thank you for watching. Um, we need to connect here soon. Um, you and I obviously lived that life together for a short period of time in Aurelia and uh, super proud that you're doing a lot better. And I'm sure your mom is too, because she's heavily involved in law enforcement. Uh, I actually spoke to her on the phone and, um, you know, she's, you know, offered her support to me too. So when, and I'll quickly say, you know, Sandra Murray, the executive director of mental health and addiction for Puck Support, uh, is a 
in law enforcement or retired law enforcement. Um, she was in law enforcement for over 20 years. I want to uh, say hello to um, <laughs> Chase uh, Dryskill down there in Arizona. Mallory Clark is his mom. She's taking over social media and branding. We have a brand new logo for Puck Support. It's not entirely different, but it is different. Um, the logos are not going to change anymore. They're staying the same. We have a new Puck Support Warriors logo. It's a little more simple. Um, so look for these things. Look for the new website. If you have a podcast, if you want to start a podcast, message me or email team at pucksupport.com. We'll get you on the network. If it's a positive show, trying to bring, not even just, it doesn't have to be awareness. If you're just talking and you're, you're not negative, we'll probably bring you on and uh, help you out. So check us out, guys. It is a progress. Thanks for sticking with me for the last 10 months. Uh, it's been super inconsistent, at times unorganized, um, but I feel like that's all about to change. Um, Sunday, very special episode with Dave Scatcherd. And following that, it is, uh, I'm excited to announce this one. Uh, see if I can load the picture for the first time before I go. Because this guy uh, was the guy. When I was a kid, he was the best player around my age. Gilbert Brule is going to be joining the podcast. I'm brings i don't know why that brings tears to my eyes but it does this was the guy he grew up we grew up in the same area uh he was far and away far and away the best 1987 player in entire western canada um and has a story obviously he played in the olympics with canada after his nhl career was derailed um a lot of stuff there a lot of things have gone on for gilbert um but he's just left to go to europe to pursue his career for another year. So we wish him all the best. He's actually traveling tomorrow. He arrives Saturday, and then we're going to hit you with the date for the podcast. But that is one that I'm super, super excited for. Gilbert Boulay, he was like the guy, like I was so intimidated at him. Like he was so good. He had just had that presence. It was like him and Carey Price. Those were the two, right? He was, Boulay was compared to Crosby. Um, those were the two best 87 birth years. And that to me, um, yeah, David, excellent brulee. You're damn right. It's excellent brulee. Um, it's a big one for me. Um, he's got quite the story too. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Gilbert. Anyways, guys, that's it. You know me. I'm going to continue to talk. If I don't stop Dave Scatchard on Sunday, Gilbert brulee coming up after him and Doug Gilmore coming back on the show. We got uh, Killer coming back. Can't wait to get Doug Gilmore back on, guys. We'll see you all again very soon. Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern with Dave Scatcherd. Can't wait to do that, guys. Hope you all have a great rest of your night, wherever you are. Carried into the weekend. Take care of each other. Be kind. Be grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. <laughs>